Welcome to the latest episode of Tips with Salsa. Talk tips and tales from the nonprofit community. I'm Ben Lyon with Salsa Labs, and thanks for finding us. On today's episode, Wendy Levine from Salsa is going to sit down with one of our partners, Gong Wong, the CEO and co-founder of Civic Champs. So, Wendy, uh, tell us a little bit about Gong, Civic Champs. You know, what are we? What should we expect? Yeah, Gung is a really interesting person. He's a serial entrepreneur with lots of experience in the nonprofit space. And the Civic Champ story is, is pretty unique. The piece that we talk about that I found most interesting was, um, while they are a for-profit company, they have a an organization that is a nonprofit also associated with them. They have a Helping Hands program where they connect volunteers with organizations that need those volunteers. And uh, I just thought that that was really interesting. We had a great conversation about where volunteerism is going, uh, how it changed during the pandemic, and some other things. Very cool. Gung's just such an interesting guy, um, as is. So, All right, well, let's get to it. Joining us today is Gung Wong, the CEO of Civic Champs. Gung is a proven and serial entrepreneur. He was previously with the, uh, McKinsey and has an MBA from Harvard Business School. Welcome, Gung. Yeah, thanks for having me, Wendy. Thank you. We're really excited to have you here today. Could you explain to our listeners a little bit about Civic Champs and uh, you know what uh, what you're all about? Sure. Uh, so Civic Champs, we're a uh, social benefit corporation, uh, and basically we help nonprofits. Uh, make it very easy for them to streamline their volunteer management, right? So uh, whether that's scheduling, whether that's tracking hours, uh, deepening their engagement with volunteers, uh, we make it super easy for them to do all of that um, instead of, you know, a lot of manual clerical tasks, uh, volunteer managers and executive directors uh, can reallocate that time to doing, you know, what matters most. Great. Um, so Civic Champs was one of, I believe, 10 companies that was chosen as a finalist for the Reimagined Charitable Giving Challenge. Could you tell us a little bit about that program? Sure, yeah. So Reimagined Charitable Giving uh, it was this competition uh, by OpenIDO, and it was uh, sponsored by the Gates Foundation and IDO, uh, which is a, a very famous design firm. And the idea was, you know, given uh, the pandemic, but also just, uh, you know, changes in our um, society, you know, how could we encourage more people to give, right, financially or with their time? Um, and, and so it was a, a open challenge. You know, they had lots of submissions, um, including uh, from from us. And so we submitted. Uh, what we call our micro donations um, solution. And so the idea there is, you know, there's lots of studies that show volunteers are twice as likely to give. And over the course of uh, their giving, they give 10 times more than non-volunteers. But if you ask volunteers, you know, why is it that you don't give potentially, right? Um, you, you know, usually the number one answer that you're gonna get is that they were never asked, right? And so we thought about this and we said, you know, what, why, why is it that volunteers aren't asked? And there's, there's a lot of reasons. One, <clears throat> you know, volunteer managers are not thought of as uh, part of the development team or the sort of fundraising team. And so they're not as equipped and not trained to make the ask. Um, and, and, and so that's part of it. Two, I think there's this sort of misconception that volunteers have already given their time 
And so, you know, let's not ask them for money as well. Um, but in reality, right, if you're a volunteer, if you think about it and you just had a great experience, right, you would more than love to further your support, right, if, if there was an easy way to do that. And so that's what Civic Champs does is we, when, when a volunteer checks out for the day, um, we have an easy way for them to indicate whether they had a good or uh, uh, bad experience. And if they had a really positive experience, that's when we'll surface, uh, put, you know, this uh, micro donation campaign to say, hey, would you, when do you like to match a dollar per hour that you just, you know, um, worked at this habitat for, right? Yeah, and I would imagine getting someone engaged at the donor level then sets them up to become a donor again in the future. Absolutely, absolutely. And and I, I think there's, um, it's, you know, we, uh, the company name, right, where we're called Civic Champs, right? And so I think about if you're able to activate these people, these volunteers as, as donors as well, you know, in many ways, that's when they really become a more dedicated champion of your nonprofit, right? And, and really it goes full circle if you think about it. If you're, um, if you're a donor, right, you, you can potentially activate them to also be volunteers, right? And that's gonna deepen their engagement. And so I think there's this sort of virtuous cycle where um, the more you can engage a, a constituent, right, the, the more likely they're going to not just be a donor or a volunteer, but maybe an advocate um, for you. Maybe they're going to be uh, someone that, um, you know, goes out and champions your cause in, in local government or, or, you know, signs petitions on your behalf, recruits for you, right, all of those actions that you would love to have. That makes a lot of sense. We talk a lot about something called the ladder of engagement here at Salsa. And, but, but more and more lately, especially we've been talking about it uh, more as a circle. It's not just bringing someone up from a first time donor to a recurring donor to a volunteer. They may come in as a volunteer and then you're asking them to be a donor. They may come, come in as an advocate on social media and uh, you convert them to a, a donor. Um, so I, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we think so too. <laughs> um, and your Civic Champs is really focused on the whole volunteer experience. So um, one of the questions I had for you was, I mean, you know, volunteers are just so vital to most nonprofits out there, but working with volunteers really got complicated this past year. Um, I, I was curious what changes you've seen in the way nonprofits are working with their volunteers right now. Yeah, so I think, you know, two two big trends we saw. So the first one, right, as you can already guess, is organized volunteering just um, really stopped uh, for, for, for all uh, practical purposes last March. Uh, we, we saw that it took a couple months really um, until June for that to sort of come back up. Uh, up a little bit. And at that point, you're really talking about uh, core volunteers, uh, recurring volunteers that were, you know, going back and, and, and supporting these nonprofits. Um, and so people, uh, in part, right, because you're just not able to bring in these big groups, you want, uh, there's more training involved, right, with these volunteers to make sure that they're safe, um, that they, they're doing, you know, all the right precautions. And so you just had a much more, uh, a smaller, but, but, you know, uh, base of volunteers, uh, usually uh, your, your more dedicated folks, right? Um, and that really continued uh, for most of the year. Um, I think 
things picked up a little bit last fall, uh, but then sort of plateaued and you know, shrank back a little bit again when we had that second wave. So uh, when we look at our data, we're essentially a, uh, a one month trillion indicator of, of, of how uh, COVID is in, in any uh, community, right? That's what we've noticed. The, um, the other thing though, I think happened was this really great upswell of interest in volunteerism and, uh, and, and people wanting to help during the pandemic. Um, so you saw this really come to fruition with mutual aid groups where uh, lots of people said, hey, I, you know, I want to I want to help anyone that might be um, in need today. And so, you know, neighbors helping neighbors uh, became uh, a very uh, prevalent form of volunteerism over the last year. Um, and so that's something that, you know, we saw and, and, and you know, we, we sort of uh, leaned into that ourselves. Uh, we launched uh, what we call our Helping Hands program, um, you know, in, in both our office locations uh, in Bloomington, Indiana, and then Pittsburgh, um, where we also, uh, you, know, per, you know, help recruit volunteers, to, uh, you know, at, um, in, in Bloomington and then, you know, distribute, you know, not distribute them, but sort of, you know, facilitate that uh, matching. Um, and then we uh, worked on a um, technology solution, right, because that's our core strength uh, to, uh, to make that a, um, uh, an easy process for everyone. So you're doing a lot of almost one-on-one -on -one matching with Helping Hands, aren't you? Like, you know, if someone needs food picked up or medicine delivered, that kind of thing. Is that what Helping Hands is? Exactly. Exactly. It is, uh, you know, uh, seniors in particular who might need uh, support with groceries, uh, lawn care, laundry, uh, snow removal, um, and, you know, a lot of these sort of uh, task-oriented volunteerism, if you will, uh, and, and, and then, you know, an, a person, right, can carve out 30 minutes, an hour uh, to go help out that individual. And so originally we did uh, manual matching, right, and the idea was um, as a startup, this is a great way for us to not only help but also learn uh, what that process is like. And then we took that knowledge and applied it to our uh, sort of technology platform so that essentially we created sort of a task rabbit for uh, for volunteers, right? So now uh, tasks can be posted um, and then and then volunteers can go and claim uh, a task. That's very cool. What do you think, if, if any, uh, lasting impact we'll see on volunteerism from the pandemic? Do you think things have, there are changes that are going to stick? Yeah, that's um, <laughs> I, I I think the um, I think in the short term, right? Like the 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 biggest thing you'll see probably is, you know, I still get the sense that there's a little bit of hesitancy and uncertainty, um, both with volunteers and the nonprofits. And so, uh, unfortunately, some nonprofits had a downsize uh, during the pandemic. And so, you know, maybe they used to have a volunteer manager or coordinator and they no longer do. And so there's, they need to sort of restart that whole process again. Um, and so I think that's going to, uh, in the medium term sort of impact how people think about, uh, recruiting and, and, and using volunteers. Uh, I think people are still a little cautious, right. Um, in, in case there's a third wave, so to speak, that might come. And so, um, so there's, uh, we, we, we hear some uncertainty at times. Right? I think there's a lot of excitement, right? People are also very uh, anxious, uh, especially now the weather is nicer uh, to get back out there, but um, there's a little bit of uncertainty. 
Uh, long term, it's you know I think the the biggest thing is um, uh, uh, increased comfort in in sort of virtual volunteerism, or if we you know if as as we grow programs like Helping Hands, you know um, a uh, um, a recognition that you know volunteerism can can come in different formats, right? Uh, and so you don't have to necessarily be uh, in a big group setting and then you know some of these one-off uh, mutual aid type environments you know hopefully actually uh, continues in some form right we'd love to make sure that energy uh, is, is captured and, and doesn't just dissipate yeah i think that makes a lot of sense we're seeing that on the fundraising side too with our clients they're finding that in some cases their virtual fundraising events are doing better than their in-person fundraising events and that that's going to continue. That's definitely not going away. So it's it's interesting to see. It'll be interesting to look back in a year and see what uh, what's changed. Yeah, and and your costs are certainly lower on the virtual side usually, right? You don't, you know, you don't have to pay for the meal and the venue and all those things, and so you actually have a little bit of a buffer um, in terms of how much you need to raise. Yeah, and I think sometimes you can even be more creative, you know, with those virtual events, and they're not always the the best approach. But I think people now realize they can be. Yeah. Okay, so next question. Um, you and I were talking earlier about the K-shaped recovery that we're seeing right now. Um, and I was curious um, just to have you comment on that um, and how you've seen that manifested in the engagement of high net worth donors or major donors versus kind of these smaller donors that you're targeting with your micro donations. Um, and maybe explain the K-shaped recovery concept for, I'm not sure that's a term everyone will, will know. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's certainly not my term, right? But, right. but you know, I think the idea is uh, um, some economists have noted that during this recovery, it seems like folks that are well off have gotten to uh, be even more well off, right? Um, and and um, whereas, you know, there's still a lot of folks that are unemployed, um, and, and, and haven't been able to get back into the workforce. So that's sort of the, that, that K-shape, right? So this, this um, you know, sort of upward trajectory for a cohort of Americans and then sort of uh, this sort of continued, you know, plateau or, or downward trajectory, right, for, for another cohort. And I think for, uh, for nonprofits, you know, the idea um, is, you know, from a fundraising standpoint, right, I think that elevates the uh, importance of uh, of targeting you know high worth uh, net worth individuals or or you know high dollar donors um, and and to uh, to think about maybe some of your um, uh, what, what I'll call middle of the pack donors right they they may have uh, become higher you know uh, more able to give because of how the recovery has worked um, and then on the flip side right. Um, you know, people, uh, you know, who, who might still be struggling, right, they're not going to be able to give as much, right? And, and so um, that doesn't mean that they don't want to help and they don't want to be, uh, you know, feel like they're part of a community or they don't, you know, they want to feel like they're still contributing. Um, and so uh, options for, you know, micro donations and, and ways that feel meaningful, um, but, but maybe a, a lower uh, financial hurdle um, I think can be quite powerful, and you and you saw that also uh, work uh, quite well, right? In in the last election cycle too, where you have all these um, small dollar donors actually, you know, collectively 
um, generate a, an incredible amount of um, donations, right, for for their candidate. Uh, and I think you know the recent report showed that uh, last year overall donations actually went up uh, for 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 Americans, right, and that was really driven by small dollar donors. Um, and so, uh, as nonprofits, I think you know sort of looking at uh, you know placing more emphasis on those two channels um, and and revamping maybe some of your traditional work that um, is 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 more general. Uh, interesting. Um, so one last question. Um, in two or three years, if I'm a potential volunteer and I'm interested in helping out a food bank or I have a particular cause I'm interested in, what's your hope or your vision of what I'll, you know, what, what my interaction will be like or what I'll be able to do? Sure. Um, I, I would hope that you come to Civic Champs and <laughs> right as your first thought, and we're uh, we're a known brand at that point. Um, uh, what I'd love to see, right, is we 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 started Civic Champs not only to help the nonprofits, um, and but but really thinking about how do we make it easy for the people that want to volunteer. Um, to do so, right? If you think about current process today, there's just so many points of friction when it comes to uh, wanting to help and then actually getting to do it, right? So you say, maybe, you know, you're inspired on a Saturday morning, you're like, oh, I'm gonna, I want to go volunteer, right? You know, what do you do next, right? You, you, it's not like usually you can't do something in the moment, right? And that was part of the impetus for, for creating Civic Champs. And so one of the exciting things with um, our platform like Helping Hands is we're lowering the threshold or the time commitment involved in volunteering. And so now instead of carving out a half day to drive somewhere to, you know, spend four hours packing food or whatever it is, you can spend 30 minutes or an hour going, you know, on your way home from the, you know, from, from work or wherever it is, swinging by the grocery store and dropping off food for a neighbor, right? Like that's a much lower uh, threshold. And then I, and, and then even further left of that, you can imagine um, even simpler tasks that you can do in three or five minute increments, right? Um, the example I like to th you know, give is a lot of cities don't have digitized maps of their physical infrastructure as an example, right? Like street lights, fire hydrants, et cetera. Um, but you and I with our phones can go and take pictures and geotag and upload that information very easily, right? And now the city could have that map. And I guarantee you, if you were to overlay uh, uh, that digitized map of, let's say, streetlights with a heat map of crime rates, right? You're going to see something, you know, that uh, that is going to require action, right? You, you say, hey, you know, there's a lot of assaults going on in this area and there's no lights there. Maybe we should put a light up, right? Um, and so you can have real impact in these very small moments. And so our goal is in, you know, continuing to decrease the threshold for people that want to do good so that 
um, almost like a gateway drug, right? You might start with something fun, like a game like that, right? Like a simple task and you say, oh, look, actually, hey, I, I noticed there's a neighbor in my neighborhood who, uh, who could use some help with lawn care, you know? Like, that's a good exercise for me on a Saturday. Um, let me go help them out, right? And then you get into, uh, you know, um, uh, this habit, right, of, 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 of volunteerism, which, um, and, 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 you know, if we can continue to do that, I think that's, um, that'll be a huge win. I think that's great. That's, that makes me feel good. It's such a positive outlook. Um, I, I think we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Great. Hey, before I let you go, can I ask you, we always ask people this, what your favorite cause is right now? Yeah, so I um, uh, I'm a little biased because we just hired someone from this organization, um, but you know, for for me, a lot of my personal um, uh, volunteering is is around mentorship, and um, and 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 sort of you know helping young people learn skills and and, and things like that, and so Venture for America I think is just an awesome uh, uh, organization, right? They're a nonprofit. Um, you know, they're helping young people who want to be entrepreneurs learn, you know, the, the skill sets by matching them with uh, different startups. And so we just brought on uh, a Venture for America fellow recently. So we're super excited about her name is Darcy. Um, and she just moved from uh, Denver out to Pittsburgh to join us. And uh, yeah, I think that's just a, a you know, a great um, organization that I, um, I, uh, I am very um, excited about. Great. Thank you. So, Gung, thank you for joining us. This has been Gung Wong, the CEO of Civic Champs. You can check them out at civicchamps.com. Thank you again. Yeah, thanks, Wendy. Thanks for having me. All right. All right, so Wendy, coming out of that conversation, I have to say again, Gung is just, just such a bright guy. Um, and I think his point on leveraging volunteers as donors, for example, you know, being an area of opportunity for fundraising, uh, I thought that was an important point. He's he just got a lot of interesting ideas about volunteerism and sort of the current environment. Yeah, and I think nonprofits often think of volunteers in one bucket and donors in another. And the whole conversation around uh, the micro donations and giving volunteers a really easy way to make small donations while they're thinking about the organization, while they're volunteering with the organization is is a great thing to, to think about. Right, right. Hey, quite a background on him too. Uh, Kinsey, Harvard. Um, it, it, that that yes. was cool. I really enjoyed it. And so everyone listening knows uh, Civic Chance and Salsa Labs are integration partners. Uh, and that means basically that the tools are integrated to maximize the opportunities our customers jointly would have to recruit, engage with, and convert their volunteers. Um, I, I just have to say we, we, we love what they're doing over there. So cool. Well, that's going to wrap up the podcast for today. If you'd like to learn more about our friends at Civic Champs, Check, check them out at civicchamps.com. And as always, if you'd like to learn a little bit more about Salsa and how we're helping clients engage and change the world with smart engagement tools, visit us at salsalabs.com. See you next time on Tips with Salsa.